It's been it's been too long since we've been on the podcast. So we're gonna start it off. Ho 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 and Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever you celebrate. Congratulations. You made it through another year. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Traveling Hoopers podcast. I am your host, Alan Pettigrew Jr. And in front of me are my two best friends in the world, Calvin McGowan and Philip Dixon. Guys, go ahead and let the people hear your name. Once again, everybody, it's Calvin McGowan. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, it, was a, it was a fun slate of games, I guess. I, I'm, I'm not great at this. Moving on. Uh, what's going on? My name is Philip Dixon, aka Kwanzaa. I rock with Kwanzaa. I'm celebrating. I, I, I right don't know nothing about Kwanzaa, uh, but oh. I do know that I have an opportunity to write the Kansas City Kwanzaa play this upcoming or this next year in 2023. So uh, I better get my research going. <laughs> this well, I know a research partner because I'm celebrating Kwanzaa this year too for the first time, or at least like observing somebody celebrate Kwanzaa. So. But let's go ahead and get into what she, she looks like. She's black. Is that why you celebrate? <laughs> you said what? Why celebrating Kwanzaa? You said is that why she's celebrating Kwanzaa? Is that why you celebrating Kwanzaa? Is that why you observing Kwanzaa? Because she is. Yeah. And plus, I, I I like to learn about other people's cultures. So is that kind of your culture? Uh, no. If I'm out here celebrating Christmas, it's it's not mine directly. Yeah, it is. I mean. It is you know, ours, you know, but you if know. If you're a Jewish person and you okay. celebrate, let's reel this in. Let's reel this in. If you're a Jewish person culturally, but you don't celebrate Hanukkah, that's still your culture like of uh, Hanukkah. If you're African American, you don't celebrate Kwanzaa. That's still your culture because it's based off of your culture. It is. It is. It is. But Calvin, you got a point. We're going to go ahead and get started, guys. <clears throat> I got. I'm going to start this off with a mute your mic segments. Guys, go ahead. Don't say nothing after this. Last week or about, what, two weeks ago, me and Calvin did an episode that never aired. And in that episode, we made a pact to not speak about the Lakers until they are at least a play-in team. So for the rest of this episode, I will refer to the team in Los Angeles that is not the Clippers as the team in purple and gold. I am not going to call them the Lakers because they have disappointed me for almost a decade at this point. And I know that's kind of rough to say for a team that won a championship, but we all kind of have like the muck and mire of what it means to win a championship in a bubble, which largely we shouldn't. But when you have the name recognition that the Lakers have, and not only as a franchise, but with some of the players they have on their roster, it is really, really tough for me to feel like we need to constantly talk about them when they woefully underachieve for years with one of the best players of all time. I get it. LeBron is not the same LeBron that we've seen over the past few years. That being said, he looks amazing this year. He does not look like old LeBron, but he's still saucing people up and making it look good. Uh, shout out to David, Davis Bertans for getting hit with the worst hesitation yesterday and just completely getting blown by from King James. So, I'm going to let y'all know this now. I'm not a fan of the Lakers. Never have been, never will be. Um, let me not say that. Y'all, y'all could get like Victor Wimbayama this year and I have to like buy in in like five years. 
But <clears throat> I am not going to talk about the Lakers. Me personally. Like, you guys can. I'm probably going to tune out or just turn my back and just be completely disrespectful because I don't want my bad. That team in purple and gold, I don't want them to besmirch my good faith in what this league should be. It's not good basketball. They're not they're not really entertaining. It's a lot of bad things happening at the same exact time and because they were one of the teams that played on Christmas, we got to talk about it. I'm just not going to refer to them as the team that we talk about. So let's go ahead and get into the Lakers in Dallas game. Wait, real quick, because first of all, you just said their name, but I'll bypass that real quick. Um, but secondly, slip. let me do my uh, muted moment. Okay, go ahead. Get into I it. Got, I got one. I got one. <clears throat> Here we go. Christmas Day games should not be solidified at the beginning of the season. Period. I don't think it makes any sense that uh, this year Golden State is playing on Christmas. I don't think it makes any sense this year that the black and the black and gold, the gold and purple, I'll try to help you out, uh, Alan, are playing on Christmas. There are certain teams that don't deserve to play on Christmas even though they were good the year prior. It doesn't make any sense. Injuries happen. Uh, trades happen. Uh, uh, people just falling off because of age and other various things happen. Christmas Day is one of the most important days of the NBA season. With that being said, that day should be adjustable the closer you get to the season maybe thanksgiving once you have an adequate understanding of who's going to be good that season or who is being good that season i should say for example just one example i can go for many i'm gonna give one example there is no way the pelicans should not have been playing on christmas day this year if the uh Purple and gold are going to play. If um, the Golden State Warriors are going to play. That doesn't make any sense. Sure that uh, uh, games are close. Sure um, uh, games uh, may be close depending on who's playing who on Christmas Day. But I don't think that necessarily matters. I think the leading up of that season to that point matters, should matter, to who plays on Christmas Day. I understand that it also falls into the market, uh, big-time markets, markets you think are going to be, you know, um, adequate. Markets are going to be adequate when it comes to, um, you know, the size and the amount of views that comes to uh, watching on Christmas. But that's, that shouldn't matter as much as we think because at the end of the day, it is Christmas. Everybody's at home Everybody is going to be watching the games because the NBA has established itself in the in a way to where everybody just watches NBA games on Christmas, no matter who plays. I don't care if you're in Oklahoma City. I don't care if you're in one of the bigger markets like New York City. Also, the Knicks should not be playing. All right. Uh, I understand that they're fine, but they're not great. 
I can make an argument that the Dallas Mavericks shouldn't even be playing. One game over 500. One game over 500. Sure, the Luka show, I don't care about that. It should be a team thing, not an individual thing. LeBron James played all those seasons on Christmas because he was playing on winning teams. Now he's just playing at that part. He, his teams are just playing at this point because he is LeBron James. Cut that out. I don't care if he has a good game that day. I don't care if he's motivated that day. Games should be adjustable on Christmas Day up until approximately maybe Thanksgiving because we're missing out on a lot of good basketball just because of a legacy aspect or because of what teams have done the season before. Once again, there is no way the Pelicans should not have played yesterday on Christmas, and you can give an example for maybe two other teams that should have been able to play on Christmas instead of some of these bum teams that were good last year, but they garbage this year. That is my time. Cough, cough, Portland. <clears throat> but that is besides the point. Let's go ahead and get into the games that we watched. Uh, I'm going to be real with y'all. I thought this slate of games was like one of the worst that I've had as like an NBA fan. Like we're starting off with 76ers in the, in the Knicks. Like I get that it was a good like back and forth, but I never really felt like the 76ers were in danger of losing. Like the Knicks have dudes, but they don't have like a go to. I want to finish the game. They have like a bunch of elite role players. And I'm just, I'm, I'm blown by like everything that happened. It was, it was so many like bad lead changes in those first two games. Like, I just don't uh, care to watch a team where Julius Randle was a top three player on the team. Um, I mean, I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna keep it real with you. Um, Julius Randle has shown throughout his career that he is not, he can't be your top two player and take you anywhere of significance. Yeah. Sure, you get the playoffs, but I said of significance. Um, I mean, if you're the Knicks, that is significant. But on Christmas Day, I don't care about a, a team's personal significance. I care about the significance of franchises overall and, like, the NBA uh, hierarchy overall, right? But I personally, and I know this is a biased take, I don't care to watch Julius Randle. I don't like the way Julius Randle plays basketball. Right. Uh, he is. I mentioned this before in a podcast. He is a poor man's version of Zion. Right. He he does what Zion does, but way worse. Uh, but he especially early on. Randall has a jump shot now. Still not great, but he takes a jump shot. But Zion don't need to take jump shots because he gets in the realm of will. Right. Uh, Julius Randall is just not that guy. Um, and uh, I don't think the Knicks play great basketball, especially this year. Um, um, but, you know, the game yesterday was fine. <laughs> like, it was just fine. You know what I mean? But Joel Embiid was the saving grace of that game. Like, getting to watch Joel Embiid just do Joel Embiid things made the game almost watchable. But, like, only half the game. Like, I appreciate what Embiid does on the defensive end. 
He didn't need it against the Knicks. They beat themselves consistently. I mean, Joel Embiid is the saving grace of any team that's ever going to be on Force's life, right? Uh, firstly, I didn't know the 76ers' name was after 1776 until yesterday, but it's fine. Uh, I, didn't, I, I didn't know their name was made after 1776 until yesterday. I didn't connect those dots for that for some, re- for some reason. I just never did. Um, so I found that very interesting. Uh, but also, the 76ers are good. Ish. But something's off. I don't know what it is. Now, that Woj bomb yesterday was crazy uh, because of, uh, you know, James Harden wanted to go back to the Rockets and stuff like that. Like, unnecessary. Uh, uh, James Harden kind of addressed it after the game. Uh, but the 76ers don't look, like a, they don't look like a championship team. They look like an Eastern Conference Finals team. But when you watch them and then you watch the Celtics, you see a difference. And I'm, I'm not quite sure I can put my finger on it, but I think it has to do with, I think, Boston's guard play offensively. Boston's guard play in terms of two-way players in comparison to um, the 76ers, um, who are just offensively-minded, a.k.a. James Harden, the way he's always been, right? But that isn't a thing of success. But they also need to run everything more through Embiid than they already had, right? Like, they're running some things through him, but when James Harden's on the floor, it's, you know, James Harden, ball in his hand, ball in his hand, pick and roll, pick and roll, ball in his hand, ball in his hand. Sometimes he's a play off the ball, I think, uh, and be able to contribute in that way. But, you know, once again, they just don't seem like a championship team, but they seem like a deep playoff team. Yeah. I think they have a bit of the same issue that the Knicks do, except like at a much higher level. Uh, you have one player that is all world, like a literal MVP candidate. And then you have some other dudes who are just really good. They are. I don't I don't know where to place James Harden anymore in, in like. Guard rankings, I'm I'm just not sure, like he's productive, but. It looks weird. In I really like Tyrese Maxey. He's a starter on most teams in the NBA. So and he's nice. He's he's super he's super nice, but it's yeah. like he unless you're gonna give him the ball more, like really let him work and let those other guys kind of figure out how to just kind of be around him and yeah. be like his safety relief valve. No, and then you take the ball out of the, the hands of uh, like less touches for Harden, of course, but that means significant, not significantly, but it also means less touches for Embiid. Which why would you want to do that? Harden also had 18 assists a couple of games ago, so like I, I can understand people going, "You don't need to take the ball out of his hands." I can understand people saying that, but he's averaging 21 and 11. Yeah. You know what I mean? I see both arguments, but to me personally, take the ball out of his hands a bit more to make the team more versatile. Yeah. And it's the taking the ball out of his hands almost just means more motion for the rest of the offense. Like instead of dudes like standing around, it's not like they have great catch and shoot guys. Like yeah. if Matisse Stiebel is 
still like in your top seven, eight rotation, you can't do that. Like you have a designated non-shooter. Like it's it's. I don't know what's going on over there. I don't pay attention to the East. Keep that on the uh, that Upper East side. Like Upper East side, crazy. It's just we got to move on because I, I I don't have anything else to say but question mark, question mark, question mark for both teams. Okay. Yeah. Uh, now we got to talk about. The, the Dallas Mavericks. I'm focused on, on the Mavericks. I do not care. Uh, did y'all watch Luka Doncic cook uh, Russell Westbrook for like five straight possessions? Yes. It was the funniest thing. I, I felt so torn. I love it. I, like, I, I, I don't think it'd be funny to you. Hmm? I'm about to say, I don't think it'd be funny to you. Look, so I was torn. I thought it was hilarious because Luka kind of does that to everybody, but seeing it happen to in the like a former MVP and a dude like Westbrook, like it just looks really bad and exposes the fact that Westbrook doesn't really play defense or can't play defense for some uh, strange reason. And then on the flip side, Westbrook's been one of my favorite players my entire life. Like I can't, I can't like be okay with him getting cooked out here, like and him not being able to get his good get back like he's been able to, because he's been cooked before, but. He can go get you like a 30-point triple-double. He can't do that with the Lakers. And also, at this point in his career, you don't want him to. That means you've relied on him way too much. And it kind of it, it makes you a playoff team. It just doesn't make you a good playoff team. Listen. I don't. I don't care. Um, I mean, I wish I had more, like, input to give. I don't care for a couple of different reasons, though. One, Lakers are trash. Um, LeBron James is really good still, but can't. But he's not the LeBron James of old to where he can, like, single-handedly do these things by himself anymore. Because he tires out by the fourth quarter. And it's obvious because it happens almost every single game. Anthony Davis is a toothpick. He got hurt midair, which was the craziest video I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I'm not (laughs) laughing at him. I'm laughing with him in solidarity. Um, Westbrook is a player that depended so much on athleticism but didn't develop skill-wise that his downfall is just drastic and it's kind of wild to witness. Um, so the Lakers at all, I don't care about them because they're boo-boo. Uh, Shout-out to LeBron James. I guess you can only care about him passing to Kareem, but, like, I don't got to watch you until that game. <laughs> uh, so Whatever. Um, and then the Dallas Mavericks, they two games were 500. And the only reason they're not one game were 500 is because they played the Lakers. Um, they're fine. Luka Doncic is good. He is one of those players that won't ever win a championship if he's the best player on the team. Um, you could tell because he don't make players that good surrounding him. 
Uh, I mean, he makes like they they do what they gotta do, but he don't make good players great. Um, you could tell that by how he dealt with Porzingis, um, who, if you watch in Washington right now, is doing pretty good, but around Luka Doncic, it was issues. Um, hold on. Hold it, on, I'm not done. This, oh, is no, this is a wild take. This isn't a muted mic segment. My bad. It's on me. Um, it's when did that? Yeah. I mean, it, that... really, in, in Luca, my bad. In Chris Stop's defense, he was coming off an injury. That's the, that, that was the complete hold up. Like, did you see when they actually traded him, he was actually starting to put up all star numbers like he did with the Knicks? But keep going. Okay. Doesn't matter. Gone. <laughs> oh, he had plenty of time when he was with Luca, and it didn't work. Let's not focus on those games where he was kind of bit. He was healthy enough times that we saw enough of a, um, we saw enough of a, uh, we saw enough of a sample size. Um, but also, I can just tell by the way he plays because one, not a two-way player, he is James Harden in a different body, right? He is James Harden in a different body. And what's James Harden's, like, knock bid? He can't be the best player on the team and win a championship. Uh, if we realize that throughout his career, at one point we had faith, but we did run with, we did understand that nowadays, especially hindsight being 2020, that was just the case. Luka Doncic is a European James Harden. Um, and people are, you know, googly-eyed over Luka Doncic. Uh, personally, I am not. Um, I think he's good but i think he's good with limitations for a person who's going to be the best player on a team on a championship team right uh and so like personally i don't care about these guys uh once again uh you one game two games excuse me you play the lakers or 500 and the lakers are straight garbage and they're on tv for some reason it's like i know it's only because they're the lakers um, shout out to Dr. Buss, uh, because from all his hard work, for some reason, Lakers are still harping on his legs right now. Um, so, you know, it was just one of those games. Like, this is one of the games of the day where I was like, I don't care about this. I wish I did. I tried. But my mom was focused on ham, rotel, and uh, fried catfish. I'm not mad at you. Uh, <clears throat> look, th- these are my two biggest takeaways from this game. The first is that, you know, I told everybody who will listen to me yesterday, the Lakers are one of the least talented teams in the NBA. My bad. The Purple and Gold are one of the least talented teams in the NBA, which is really hard to say when you have LeBron and Anthony Davis. Even y- Y'all know how I felt about Anthony Davis his entire yeah. career. It's embarrassing. If you just look at the team, it is literally split down the middle. And it's really not even down the middle. It is really talented dudes that are outside of Anthony Davis, who I don't want to talk about, um, are guys who were elite or are elite, but they're past their prime for the most part. We're looking at a 38-year-old LeBron James. As good as he looked yesterday, he did not look like the LeBron we saw. I don't remember him dunking often. And then when he did, it was kind of like, whoop. I was like, I, I get it. I'm not, I'm not mad at you. And then you look at Russell Westbrook. 
it's it's the tail end of it. I'm I'm gonna sneak Patrick Beverly in here, but Patrick Beverly not doing a rah rah that he usually been doing over the last few years. Like the best thing about him this season is that podcast he's been doing. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you look at the other side, it is really young guys who just haven't done anything in the league. I like Lonnie Walker. He played with the Spurs. That that is bit that's been a black hole for a few years now. I can't tell you the last time I sat down and watched in a season, watched like 10 or 15 Spurs games. It's just been a while. Like, they haven't given me a reason to. And then one of the Lakers' most important players is Austin Reeves. Does anyone know where Austin Reeves went to college, like right off their head? Nope. I'm pretty sure I looked this up and I still don't remember. And when you look at it, like, Austin Reeves might be the only player in the league who gets his haircut at Supercuts. Yikes. Like, it's it's really, really weird. They got Wing and Gabriel on the roster, and I am surprised he's still getting checks. Like, I, I, I get it. He looks the part. I have no idea what he does on the floor outside of the 6'11 and somewhat mobile. Like, right. I don't even know if they passed him the ball yesterday. Like, the purple and gold is just is garbage. I'm, I'm sorry that I made you guys wait this much time talking about that imaginary team. Uh, Listen, they. I'm with you. I don't want to talk about them dudes. They dookie. Like, there is no if, answer, or buts about it. Like, literally. Like, I don't even understand. Hey, like, let, let's read DMR Tom and keep it pushing. Oh, you're right. You're right. For, my, for bad, my bad. My bad. You good, I, man. I'm about to get into how bad they are, but it ain't worth the time. Keep going. It's not. It's not. It's, not, it's literally making my stomach hurt. And, <clears throat> and what may be the best game of the day? I do not understand why they played at the. Um, it's probably like the biggest time slot. But again, the Bucks and the Celtics was probably the best game I watched. Uh, to the very end, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you if you like. The Suns and Nuggets, Grizzlies, Warriors. Okay, maybe not the Suns and Nuggets. That was actually really fun at the end. But there were so many collapses on Christmas Day at the tail end that I wasn't, I didn't care. You're right. That they started to, like, run away. Uh, I love Jalen Brown, bro. I know I've been saying this for the past two seasons. That, (laughs) that man is special. Like, of all the like number two options that have ever that we've talked about over the last few years that I would like to see play with another team, Jalen Brown is not one of those dudes at all. I think he has the perfect role. I do not want to see Jalen Brown putting up like a ton of shots and everybody having to rely on him. He is the best wingman in the NBA by far. Um, like I, I can't think of anybody else. And then we got God level Jason Tatum, who's only like. 25 so we he's not done he's he's not already doing crazy things listen for real i kept seeing this never mind well i'll keep it i kept seeing this aaron gordon dunk yesterday and i was like whatever cool that was on shame it jason tatum put Giannis in the in the rim like and get no love for it. Like, he put him in the rim. And it's Giannis. Jumped 
two hands hung on the rim. I'm like, are we not going to show this man the love he deserves? Like, what's going on? So, I'm a big, I'm a big Jason Tatum guy, Jalen Brown guy. I'm, I'm a big fan of this team. Um, I like Marcus Smart. I forget Blake Griffin's on the team every time until I watch their games. I'm like, oh man, that's Blake Griffin. But I like Blake Griffin. You know what I mean? Uh, he fits well in this later stage of his career. He fits well with this team. Um, Malcolm Brogdon, Derek White. They got a lot of players that just know what to do. And they happen to have these two elite guards who play both sides of the court who are young enough that it's not going to tear them apart. Yeah. Like, that is, the Boston's just good. That is the most complete team in the league right now. Easily. I don't think it's close. I, me either. Me either. Like, even, even watching the Nuggets, who I think are, like, really solid, I know they're – their guys are coming back from injury. They can't do nothing with them. Well, when, when Chris I don't think a single Middleton team can. Back, when Chris Middleton gets back, then you have a conversation about who's the most complete team. But as of right now, it a hundred percent is the Celtics. And and I was again, right now at this point, it's not close to me. Oh, not at all. Um, like they don't have a weak link. No, like they, like you can't just pick and roll the Celtics to the death to find somebody to switch on to. Jason Tatum's an elite defender. Jalen Brown's always been really good at defense. Al Horford is going to protect the paint and is just like incredibly smart. Like I, shoot, Marcus Smart got Defensive Player of the Year. Like it's just it's. If I was, I don't know how you can build this this team <laughs> like it's it it doesn't make sense like whoever i guess we can't can we give danny age or do we gotta no it's danny age but the buck and Brogdon trade was not him so but that's just like one piece but like this piece. is in the playoffs from what we saw last year and marcus moore haven't having to handle ball as much like this it's a big piece that's, that's gonna play uh give dividends um, during the playoffs, that people are going to kind of realize how big a piece of it was. Yeah, it's their front office has done an incredible job. I appreciate what the Celtics have done as far as like building a culture, staying through with these two dudes. I know the media always talked about trade rumors, but you never really heard that from Boston. Boston was like, "No, these are these are our guys. Why would we do that?" And it, it's just paid off. I love what they got going on. Um, I'm not going to change my uh, my prediction that the Nets are going to win the championship. But the Celtics, Celtics are going to stress them boys out. Still, they go, they go stress them out in the Eastern Conference Finals. Wait, okay, they won't get out so much they'll be sitting at home for the finals. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> the Nets won't get to the West, the Eastern Conference Finals. By the way, they won't get there. But I like your weird optimism that you have for a team you have no actual loyalties to. Kevin Durant, I got loyalties to you. I don't really have loyalties to Kevin Durant, but I like him. Okay. So <laughs> that, that's, that's all I need. There's Just that. need a roof for my mans. Um, <clears throat> I don't really have anything to say about the Bucks. Like this is a team that is not at its full strength. Uh, quiet night for a former MVP who had 27 and 11. Uh, <laughs> Tripping. Yeah. Quiet night, crazy. 
I guess we can talk about how they ran away at the end, but it's the end of the game. Who cares? Uh, Drew Holiday. Um, when did he become really good at offense? He never became really good. He he has always been solid. I wouldn't. He has really good games, but he's a really solid offensive player. But, but you can't. Well, you can't get it misconstrued that really good games turn into he's a really good offensive player. You're right. You're right. But his shot making has got significant to me has got significantly better than it was last season. I mean, don't you think he's just part of the evolution of playing with great players and not being with the Pelicans when you were trash? Like, each year you're going to be elevated, especially when you're in your prime, you're going to be elevated because he's surrounded by Chris Middleton and Giannis Antetokounmpo? I can't say that because the shots he's making are, like, really difficult. I'm talking about, like, Jason Tatum, hand in his face, he's behind the backboard, he still hit the shot. That That's not something you would have asked from Drew Holiday. Like, during their during their championship run, Philip, we watched a lot of those games together. Do you know how often I was saying Drew Holiday needs to get off the ball or somebody needs to get the ball out of Drew Holiday's hands? Like, he's offensively not there. Right. And now he's just like, no, I'll make big shots when I need to. Instead of just, like, get into the rim. Like, I'm I'm impressed. You should be. Um, but once again, I will go back to the fact that that year he was coming from, you know, fairly close to being a Pelican with with, with a not, you know, a young team. No one was great yet. Um, no one was at the level that he is playing with now. So each year he's getting more confidence. He knows his, his role. He's, you know, and when you're not just a role player, when you're like a top three player on your team, that's a championship team, like you're able to gain a confidence that is like unparalleled to the others on the team to where you're going to be able to take shots with confidence because you know, is part of, you know, it's just part of your uh, position on the team and what you bring forth to the team to be able to put them on the championship level. All right. Now, <clears throat> we're going to move on to the Grizzlies and Warriors. Calvin, I need I need you to talk about your boys because they got little brother last night. Uh. Like, <laughs> it was like, it's good that you can talk, but we still going to punch you in your chest and you're going to have to sit down. Fine. And that was without a like forty percent of their starting lineup. What Curry and uh Wiggins, Wiggins. right? So yeah. that y'all uh, might shut up. <laughs> y'all might want to shut up. Take a little bit of humble juice. Like except Josh, Josh can do whatever he wants. I'm gonna be real. I don't really know what to tell you. I expected. Oh, <laughs> like that should be real. Like. The thing is, on paper, they should win that one, no problem. Um, but, you know, if it was just about paper at the <laughs> moment, the the Celtics would be NBA champs and we just get the rest of the season. Um, but that's why you play the games. And when the game rolled around, we once again forgot what the rim looked like, especially from deep. Um, right, Bain is back. This is the second game back. Uh, he shot poorly. He <laughs> shot very poorly. <laughs> uh, 
Um, right. He, like, dudes, it kind of just boiled down to not hitting our shots and, like, the Warriors were kind of, they were knocking down basically everything from deep at one point. It was, it was kind of wild. Hand in your face, wide open, didn't matter. It was all going down. Um, and, like, you know, uh, they heard Dylan Brooks talking shit. <laughs> Um, and I hope he's learned his lesson, which is that he should win the game next time. Um, you ain't talking that much and not won nothing. That's crazy. I, that, but that's they swag though. I like that. Like, I like I'm not that. about to sit and tell so the like, Grizz not to, like not to talk mess. Like, but and like the thing is, even, let's be real. Like, even if they had won something, people would still be like, "Yeah, you shouldn't be talking mess because they have more rings than you," or whatever other excuse they would use. So go ahead and talk your mess. Just make sure you win the game. That's true. Well, I'll be honest with you. The most interesting oh. stuff about the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies to me recently is their entrances <laughs> down the hallway. Like I figure that I find that very entertaining uh, of them entering the uh, entering the arena. Uh, mm-hmm. But in terms of the gameplay, um, hot take: I don't love John Morant's game. That is, that is a take. I don't love John Moran's game, and I'm just now finally starting to be able to articulate why. Ah, okay. What you got? Well, I don't. I don't I'm fighting every urge to mute your mic, bro. Mute my mic? Why? No, no I want to hear this. I'm curious. Me too, but I don't. I just don't love his game. I mean, he is very exciting. There is no doubt about that, right? He's a very exciting player, a very explosive player, um, things of that nature. Um, but then I kind of find him in the category, and this is this is a me thing, obviously. I find him in a very similar category to uh, to uh, Luka Doncic. Uh, in, in the way I talk about Luka Doncic being like the best player on this team, and like how the you know, and elevating other players, and you know, just a really good player on like a good team, but not a really good player or the best player on a championship team. I kind of indicate that towards the way John Morant plays as well. Um, but also, I might just have I but I also have PTSD uh, from really athletic point guard, just not panning out the greatest because of the um, leaning in they tend to do on their athleticism. Now, I understand that once every month, once every two months, we'll get a highlight, if you want to call it that, of John Morant almost dunking on somebody, but the whistle's blown. I don't really care about these highlights, but a lot of people do. Um, and I understand the excitement that comes from that. Uh, I just don't tend to be the kind of basketball fan that gets caught up in like that kind of that kind of excitement of the game, right? Um, and I think John Morant falls in that category with me personally. Now I know Calvin, uh, you have a really a strong opinion because you're a homer, 
And <laughs> I, I think he just liked John Morant. Uh, but me personally, that's how I kind of feel about him. Um, but the Grizzlies are good. But then when I see what the Grizzlies did without John Morant to the Warriors last year in the playoffs and like kind of pushing them more than they had gotten pushed the entire playoff run and then seeing them lose again to the Warriors yesterday, I'm like, are, are oh, here we go. the Grizzlies in the same predicament with the Warriors that Toronto was in with the Cavaliers a few years back? I don't think so. In terms of like a mental stronghold that they have on the other team. I... You come out the tunnels doing all this all you want, but when you step in the court, you're losing on their bad years. What's going on? So, out. As far as I can tell, particularly, right, watching some of the, like, pay, starting to pay attention to some dudes off ball, particularly, right, like, looking at, like, Dylan Brooks and, like, Poole or, like, Clay. Like the, I, I'm starting to think these teams legitimately just don't like each other. I love and it. like Brooks, for example, talking shit is going to like it, it like it's motivation for the Warriors. Um, but also, um, I think so. Like one of the things, right? If you're trying to defend a team while the team while Jaw is on the floor. Is you're gonna pack in the paint, right? You absolutely have to, because otherwise he's gonna you're gonna get cooked, right? And his three ball is it's not bad, right? Statistically, it's about average, but it's inconsistent, right? For example, last night, what I think went like two of ten or something. Um, it's just the team plays differently with Jaw than without Jaw, um, and. Like the Warriors are, I I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I have a simple question. Mm-hmm. I mean, simple, simple answer. Memphis is really young. That too. Like all of their good players are really young, and I don't think Job Morant has figured out how to play with pace for real. Like every time he gets the ball, especially last night, zoom. It's not like right. walk you down then go. It's it's like as soon as I get it, I'm just going to the basket. It it worked for the most part. He had thirty eight. He had thirty six points. Uh, I think once he figures out how to play with pace, it's over for everybody else. Because that's See, when the floor I'm is like, really going to open up. Because he's a good passer. I'm gonna need him to prove that to me though, because from what I've seen, being an NBA fan, ultra athletic point guards don't learn how to play with pace because they don't ever need to learn how to play with pace. Yeah. So I'm going to need him to prove me wrong because I've seen too many point guards prove me right in that manner. You know what I mean? Uh, Ultra-athletic point guards, especially uh, point guards who are at the level athletically of what he is. You know what I mean? Oh. Um, and I'm just like, you know, I, just need to, I, just, I, I, hope, I hope he does. Let me press preface up by saying that. I hope he learns how to play with pace. But people... In a general sense, but in this scenario, athletes in the NBA tend to lean on the mm-hmm. things that got them to the dance in the first place. 
Yeah. And unless he just is different than the rest, that is what I've kind of come to the conclusion of for a lot of people over the last, you know, five, six years in the NBA. No, no. I think you're definitely right. Dang it, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, um, Calvin, two things we did not talk about with Memphis that are also issues. Jaron Jackson had five fouls in like 11 yes. minutes. That is very bad. Uh, that, that's yeah. the easiest way I can describe it. And it that's always been an issue for him. When is it not going to be an issue for him? He's like he's on what like year five. So he's been better this year, right? But there have been games like tonight. Um, there was some other game that I was watching a couple days ago. I don't remember which one. Where it was also a bit of an issue. Um, I. As far as like, like he's been he's gotten better about it, but it's still not really good. At least it's not consistently good. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm not real. I'm not gonna sit and act like I know exactly what to do with that, because I am not his coach, and like I just kind of don't. Yeah. Because um, I think that's gonna be an issue in the playoffs. I know they're talking about yeah. him being like defensive player of the year, but if we have enough games where we're like, okay, this is how you picking up fouls. I'm just picking on that. Because once you kind of take him out, the floor shrinks significantly for uh, for the Grizzlies. And you take their best defender off the floor. Mm. Like, like I'll let John Morant do what he want to do. Like, Desmond Main is cool, too. But if you can't play defense, good luck. Like some of it would be matchup dependent too, though, because uh, Adams played some really good defense on Jokic in their game against the Nuggets. It didn't matter much because Jokic is an amazing passer and threw some ridiculous stuff uh, because you know he's him. Yeah. Um, but like I've also noticed that there have been a bunch of situations where. Jenkins won't will specifically like not play Adams particularly kind of late where it might be useful to the point where it's like mm, this might be some level of trying to prep for the playoffs when like he might get run off the floor by certain teams. Yeah. Plus he can't shoot free throws. Oh yeah, I for, you're right. I forgot about that. Thirty-two percent on the year. You just throwing the Brock up there. I ain't mad at you. Well, I mean, he gets all the rebounds. It's okay. Exactly. And uh oh, Dylan Brooks, Calvin, mm-hmm. you we talked about this off podcast. You told me it was a shove. He elbowed Jordan Poole in the throat. I know you from Memphis, y'all rough and y'all tough, but getting elbowed in the throat is not a shove, my boy. No, no, no. I look, look, I here's the thing. I saw that text and I'm like, what is he talking about? I don't remember seeing that. And so I went and I looked and like I don't I think he shoved him in the shoulder. Like, I think he got him in the shoulder. I don't think he got him in the neck. Unless there was something I missed. Like, I don't think it was the neck. Jordan Poole is light-skinned. He hit that boy in the throat. You can see the mark. If you say so. I I was just looking at the film. I pay any other attention. NBA cameras are very good, my friend. Is it today or he had the baddies in the uh, locker room before the game? One of the two. One of the two. Uh... Oh, I'm 
I'm really glad that we about to end this. We got one team to talk about left. Uh, I, oh yeah. Also, before we get off this one, the refing of the game was really weird. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I think in the span of like a minute or two, there was a phantom call on like a Jordan Pool jumper, and then like they called a take foul with the Grizzlies inbounding the ball. It was. Ah, oh, God. That, that yeah. was wild. It was really weird. Oh. I, I guess we're still talking about the Warriors. Um, Jordan Poole, Philip, Calvin. I don't like Poole's game. Like, and Poole's I don't. Game is, I'll tell you what it is. Poole's game is really good on a good team, but yeah. when Poole's not on a good team, surrounded by good players and players who aren't falling off, he looked crazy. That said, but, he had 32 last night by himself. Yeah, as did. the number one option. His game is okay. just so erratic. I don't care about number one options that don't produce dubs. Or they got a dub last night. But, like, in a general sense, right, yeah. without Steph, they're still losing. Right? They got, once again, just like how I said with Drew Holiday, one game or game or good scoring games does not mean you're a great scorer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same thing with this scenario, right? Just because you win one game out of a couple or out of out of some out of uh, you win one game out of a few games uh, where you went off doesn't mean that you are uh, uh, a good player on a winning team. You know what I mean? Uh, Jordan Poole is just you know he not Steph he not Clay's front. Yeah. He is Jordan Poole on a team that has the benefit of having other great shooters on it. Yeah, and his. He moves so hectic. Like, he mo- he almost moves like he's getting chased. Like, it, it feels very playground. Like, when you let the best athlete play, just, just go to work. Like, that's what his game looks like to me. Like, I don't know if they'd be running offense when he has the ball. I think, he, I think that's just how he moves. But the movement skill is incredible. I just... It's, it's mind-boggling to watch. Because I'm like, you did all of that, and you... You got open, but it was like, did it take that? And he doesn't, I, he wastes movement, but he does not waste time. So, like, everything is really quick. At least this is just speaking to the game last night because I haven't really been watching Warriors game, right? Like, particularly when Brooks was on him, right? He kind of had to do a lot to get free because Brooks was pretty, in general, most of the time these got loose from Brooks, it like, that there was a there was a moving pick waiting for Brooks. Um so like I can't speak to in general, but like in that case, like he probably did need to do all that to get free. But go go watch highlights and watch his regular game. Mm-hmm. Every time he catches the ball, it's like five really quick dribbles in isolation. For almost no reason. Like you've established that you're very quick jab and go. Or one two and go. Like you don't have to like you know, I gotta put like a crazy combination together for this. Like, we we know what you can do, um, but it's this game. It's entertaining. It's fun. I'm just not a super big fan of it at this point. We'll see how the game ages, because um, I feel like that's a game that does not age well, and it's not something we have to worry about for like years to come. But I would love to see what his game looks like when he's thirty which is like seven years from now. Uh, so we'll go ahead and close it out. 
with I think was the most entertaining game at least because of what happened in the fourth quarter but again as far as I'm concerned that was a, another collapse that made everything enjoyable though um I I do not really care for the Suns this year a I think lot of every, people don't. Yeah, I think everybody's good. I just... They seem so disjointed. Like, everybody's playing at a high level. They just... They don't seem like they play together. Uh, shout out to Ishmael Wainwright. Go ahead, get that money, Kansas City boy. Uh, I like the energy. But yeah, man, I don't, I don't, I don't have much to say. About the Suns. Does anybody have anything positive to say about the Suns? I mean, I still kind of like Aiden. But nobody seems to like Aiden. I don't. But, like, I don't like the Suns. I mean, I like the Suns two years ago. Yeah. But I don't like like the Suns now. Right? I don't like the way they're constructed. I I don't think there's been big enough of a difference from, like, them in the last two years compared to how they are now in terms of changing and shifting and becoming better. Yeah. Um, I just think they're all right now. They 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 have decreased in terms of um, how good they have been over the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, so I, I give if that's the point. Let's go ahead and skip to the Nuggets. Oh, Devin Booker was out. Yeah, he's been out. Uh, I mean, he he was back for this game, but he like he hurt himself in like the first couple minutes of the game. It was. Oh, kind of bro. weird. Like, it was a commercial break, and it came back, and it was like, he's not here anymore. It's like, oh, okay. That was weird. But um, why didn't y'all tell me to watch more Denver Nuggets games? I mean, I, I thought you knew what joke it was. I, I do because of the MB, MVP stuff. He, he might be the most entertaining player in, in the league. Like, Simply by the way he plays the game, the passing, and the fact that he looks like a shaved polar bear out there still is the funniest thing in the world because nobody can do anything. And he doesn't he doesn't do anything. OK, I, I'm blind. He has he has the passing, but everything else just seems fine. Like his jumpers slow. The way it comes off his hand is weird. Like, there's, like, a weird, like, flick motion at the end. But he makes all of his shots. He has crazy touch. He rebounds. I just... I'm amazed by everything he does. Because it looks so funky. Hmm. I don't... See? Is it what? Pretenders. Continue. Oh, I... Did you hear me say anything about winning games? Oh, I no, said no. entertainment I, value. No, I'm saying that this had no kind of uh, this had no kind of uh, connotation or kind of a reaction to what you said. Yeah. I just wanted to let it be known that they are pretenders 100% through. Yeah, I feel like this, both of these teams are pretenders at this point. Like we know of them. Uh, I think Denver, if everybody stays healthy, is going to be a problem next year because that team. I might have to look at the overall numbers. Seemed like it did a lot of relying on Aaron Gordon last night. 
And speaking of Gordon, he had a yay area's finest type of game. Like, he was dunking everything. He looked incredible, was rebounding. Like, that is the Aaron Gordon that I remember from his uh, playing days with the Magic. Like, I really appreciate what I saw out of them. Uh, but, yeah, this is this is another team that is weird. Going <laughs> weird. Listen, um, everybody is still stuck on Jamal Murray from the bubble. Jamal Murray was one of those guys from the bubble that played out of his mind, played so much so out of his mind that he broke his body. Um, And that is not who Jamal Murray really is. Um, Jamal Murray is a really good point guard, but he can't be a top two player. And you win anything, no way. Mm, I think... He can. Your three just has to be trans, just as good as Murray, or probably like a tad bit better. Because I think he's a really good point guard. Like I, I like the way he plays. He gets to the rim well. He kind of makes stuff happen in the mid range. Um, I just think it needs to be timing. Like Michael Porter Jr. played a lot of minutes. I don't remember anything about Michael Jordan. I mean, Michael Porter Jr.'s game. Seven points, eight rebounds. I don't remember anything. Like, he wasn't even bad on defense. Like, I just don't remember him being out there. He wasn't good on offense, though. Three of 11. Yeah, but he... Like, this this might just be, like, a bad game. But, boys, Jokic Jokic might have the strongest back in the uh, league. Because he carrying them boys. That was a crazy, crazy sentence. Um, that, <laughs> sorry, keep going. My bad. There's a joke not in a, there somewhere. Oh, I found, I found it. I'm just saying. I'm not just not saying it out loud. I kind of want to hear this joke. We'll keep, I'll we'll keep it off podcast. We about uh finish because I don't, I don't have anything else to say about these two teams. They're just lacking. This is just an indication of what I said earlier for my muted mic segment. Some of these, like some of these teams, don't deserve to be playing this day. Like they have no interest. They are pretenders. There is, there is, there's no intrigue. None of that. It doesn't matter. Like there, there are more, much more. You know, you mentioned one earlier, the uh, Portland Trailblazers. There are much more deserving teams that should be playing today that weren't, that that weren't uh, on the schedule because they are overachieving for what people thought they could do for this year. It's ridiculous. It, here's the thing, though. I cannot think, outside of maybe, like, Cleveland, I cannot think of another team that should replace the Suns. And I definitely don't think there's a team that should replace the, the Nuggets. I think they had a really off night. But Jokic made it, like, really entertaining. Like, he is he is a master class in playing basketball at this point. Like, he, he does everything. The Suns have talent uh and i would i would rather watch cleveland than watch the suns play yes like it's it's just more entertaining like i think all of the power right now is in the east and i'm not like a super big fan of the eastern conference i'm, I'm still a west dude but i don't think there's a I don't think there's a championship contender 
out west. I'm I'm okay with looking stupid. Let me look at the standings real quick. Uh, yeah, no, I don't think there's a, a true championship contender in the West right now. The championship goes through the uh, Boston Celtics win championship. So I get what? what you mean. Boston Celtics are winning the championship. Yeah, like they are. Me. Like I I I am from what I saw last night. And what I've seen so far during the year, I truly think that is the case. Yeah. And um, I appreciate them fighting back the way they are because that the only other team I can think about who made it as far as they did and then came back the next year is the team in purple and gold. And that was more than a decade ago at this point. So I'm impressed by that. Yeah. (laughs) This is a... I don't even know. Like this is a this is a weird year for the NBA, um, but there are there are there are not that many teams. Like there's, it's you not. feel like it's much more evened out, but it's really not as evened out as you would think. And it's you can look at the standings and be like, oh, like if they went blow blow for blow by seeding, the East wins handedly almost every single lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nuggets are number one in the West. Celtics are number one in the in the East. I'm going Celtics. Bucks number two. Pelicans two. I'm going with the Bucks. Grizzlies three. Cavaliers three. That's a little bit of a toss up, but I probably lean Cavaliers. Four Nets Suns. Might have to go Suns because I don't. I don't know. I don't know. And it's and it's it's like that top down. It's really weird. And uh, I just need people to get together on the back half of this season. Like the Clippers been sliding through. Uh, you know it's bad when the Kings, the Kings are in the playoffs. Like, oh. What are we doing? Well, the Kings are playing, playing good. The Kings are playing pretty good this year, though. They, they are. I I'll give them that. But like, from a historical standpoint, uh-huh. what's going on? Like this, this just feels like the weirdest season ever. So what's going on? <laughs> Maybe they're just finally good again. I don't know. It might just be a one-off for all we know. <clears throat> for me to say a team is good, you gotta. You gotta have like two or three winning seasons back to back. The Kings are the Bu- Kings are the Bulls of last year. Mm. You think it's gonna get ugly next year? Uh, next year for them? I think it's not gonna be the what this is. Yeah. I think it's a, a flash in Japan. If they're not a championship team, flash in Japan next year. They're back to reality, if not already by the end of this year. Yeah. Um. Second half of the season, guys. Uh, I think we we out of here because we ain't got nothing to talk about. <laughs> Uh, so thank you guys so much for tuning into another episode of the Traveling Hoopers podcast. I have been your host, Alan Pettigrew Jr. And in front of me, my two best friends in the world, Philip Dixon and Calvin McGowan, are going to go ahead and sign us out. Um, once again, I'm Calvin McGowan. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for sticking with us to the end. If you're joining us on YouTube, like, share, subscribe, sign in the comments. You, of course, can join us, listen to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. I hope, you know, you had a great holiday and enjoy your new year. 
My name is Philip Dixon, a.k.a. Kwanzaa. And I appreciate you all for being here, uh, allowing us to get into your homes uh, the day after uh, Christmas. And uh, I hope you all had a fantastic one.